You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. You know, this morning, um, God did his first miracle for the day. Well, maybe it wasn't his first for the day. It was mine for the day. And I had my alarm set to get up and, you know, pray and just go over my, my message again and just, you know, get myself focused so I'm all beautifully calm and just ready, ready for today. It's going to be great. The first amazing thing that happened was that he woke me up at 5.30 and I got up before the alarm, 5.30, because I was like, bing, awake, and I'm like, what is this? How can it possibly be this time? You can't get out of bed this early. Not Well, I can't. Like... That doesn't work out, so that's amazing. And so I was super organised, super ready, like really just, oh, isn't this great? I'm, gosh, we'd go to church at eight o'clock, like. And then we went to um, leave. <laughs> and there was a small issue with the keys to the car. And I still don't know where the keys to the car are. And I spent 35 minutes, Ethan and I, turning the house upside down. This morning, I've even been in the whiz bin opening up the bags of rubbish because I wondered if they might have fallen from the key hook into the garbage and, you know, got taken out last night. Anyway, it turns out nobody else needs to do that. I've done it and they're not in there either. So, lucky for me, Priscilla ended up having to forgo her coffee, but Priscilla brought me Darren's spare car key. Darren drank her coffee after he sent her off to bring me the keys. (laughs) But, you know, when I came in this morning, when really I should have been like, because, you know, that, you know, that panic, that mad panic when you're like, where else could they be? I've been through all the laundry baskets in the house, tipped them out, shaking clothes, like maybe they're in someone's pocket and, you know, they've just not realised. Like, there's nowhere left. Seriously, they have vanished into thin air and there's, there's nowhere left for them to be. But, you know what, I came in and just... I really felt a sweet presence of God in the place when I came in. And immediately I was just like, it's all good. You know, I don't have car keys still, but it's, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. We've been on holidays for a couple of weeks and that's been nice to have some, you know, extra family time and hanging out time with the kids and um, just doing stuff with them, giving them a bit of extra attention that they perhaps don't always get. Um, which has been good, but it's so nice to be back. You know, I really miss it. It's only been two Sundays, but I feel like it's been ages. So, yeah, it feels like forever um, since I've been here. So, anyway, but I have kept up to date with... um, I've listened to our messages that have been happening here and at Central, so, you know, and we're all on the same page as a pastoral team, so you don't need to worry about that. Um, So we've been talking about a church like home and what that means. And our first week, Darren talked about, you know, being inclusive. Then you had Mel out here who brought a great word um, about being invested. And gosh, Mel has got such an incredible heart that I'm sure that you you picked up um, such a heart for the church being home. And you had Pastor Keith and Janet over last week after their trip to Indonesia um, talking about being involved. And this week, we're talking about being intentional. This is the last one. Um, in this series and it's really about 
a church like home is really about people being a family. That's kind of a tricky concept sometimes for us to get around. You know, you've got a family at home, but this is our family too. This is our church family. Um, But that we're living stones, like that's been brought out in this series. Like what a concept that we're living stones built together to function as the church, not a building, Not a building, not this, not the floor, the ceilings and the wall, the plants outside or anything like that. A people that together expresses the fullness of God to humanity. And not one of us can do this alone. Pastor Nate says this and it's this. It just takes takes a load off. All are needed but not needed to do all. Isn't that a load off? I think that's great. So I just want to clarify before I even get going this morning that this series is not a drive for volunteers. You are not going to get hit up by Stella with a clipboard later. (laughs) Oh, that's right. For family camp, maybe. Right. Uh, (laughs) You are not going to get an email through the week asking you to tick some boxes about, you know, which team you'd like to join. Nothing like that. It's just because as as a pastoral team, I really felt that to talk on this because we want every person to be living out the fullness of the life that God's called you to. Because we're confident that when you do that, humanity's going to stand amazed at the glory of his bride, the church. So we've been looking at Peter. And, you know, Peter, Peter's that guy who in Matthew 16, when Jesus asked, who do you say I am? Peter responded saying, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. <coughs> Can you imagine that? You've spent all this time with, together. You've seen demon-possessed people set free. You've seen people healed from awful diseases. You've seen him feed 5,000 people and then he comes and asks you this. You'd just be a bit like, Really? Did you not notice that I was here with you? Did you not notice I've been tagging along? Jesus replied to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So this declaration by Jesus tells us that he was intentional about building his church. It's a pretty relational comment, yep. It didn't come with a 100-page manual on how to raise awesome leaders or it wasn't like the dummy's guide to church planting or anything like that. It was way more, though, than just an organic connection. It's something he was personable... Pers- blah, blah, blah. Per- <laughs> Still can't say it. OK, hang on. He was purposeful... In constructing stone by living stone. It shows us that he's intentional about using ordinary people to build his church. So that's where we're at today. As we close out this series, we're being intentional. Jesus' declaration in this passage also tells us that his word is true. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will. It has this intentionality behind it. It's going to happen. So when Peter, we've been in 1 Peter, when Peter wrote to the churches, you can turn there, by the way, 1 Peter, because we're going to be in chapter 5. 
when Peter wrote to the churches, he'd have had to have remembered this encounter that he's had with Jesus. This time where Jesus said to him, Peter, I'm going to build my church. This is where we're going. So I imagine that as he's writing this, he's just got all the enthusiasm, all the purpose he can muster when he's writing this to the church. So we've got these beautiful graphics, but if we're going to be a church-like home, how do we really do this journey well together as a family? Because let's face it, nice graphics are great, but the hard yards are journeying together well as a family. So let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. If you haven't got it, it'll be up on the screen. So if you just duck down to verse 5, we're going to start there. But before that, he's talking to the leaders in the church. He's talking to the elders. And, and um, that's also worth reading uh, later on if you're in any leadership position. Really, really helpful. Um, so then he's talking to all of us. And he says in verse 5, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. So family, in family there's humility. It's so important as we journey together as a church of Jesus Christ to remember our humility. Can I say that kids are a great example a great example of this when they're talking to parents, when they retell you a story that's happened at the end of the day and they're like, oh, and there was this and then I did this and it's all like, wow, I'm amazing. Just in case you didn't know, I just want to make it really clear that I am pretty much more awesome than you realised already. <laughs> there is no humility there whatsoever. I know, they're all in today, except Ethan. But not one of us is better than the other. When you're young or young in the faith or just ambitious, it's really easy to confuse zeal with self-promotion. Don't run ahead of God. Listen to what his word says. God's strong hand is on you and he'll promote you at the right time. This is a really tough thing to learn. Because sometimes it's a really long time that you're learning it. But positioning ourselves to be promoted in, in God's house isn't about self-exaltations. The word in, world encourages us to climb the ladder, even at the expense of other people. But the kingdom of God, it's that whole topsy-turvy kingdom thing. We work in the opposite spirit. Matthew 20, verse 27 says, And whoever has a desire to be first among you, Let him take the lowest place. So clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So you've got to choose to put it on. It doesn't like just jump on you. When you got up this morning, you chose a top to put on or a dress or a shirt or whatever you're wearing. You chose that. Whether you cho stood in front of the wardrobe and went, 
hmm, what's my selection? Or you picked it up off the floor. Um, you chose something and you put it on. You actually made, there's a few pokes happening around the place. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. But you choose to put it on. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty power, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. In the house of God, we're never going to be up until we're under. This takes humility and a kind of attitude that's quick to honour others. Romans 12 verse 10 says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. See, Peter and Paul, they're both on the same page on this. When Paul talks to the church in Philippi about this, he says in Philippians 2 verse 5, In your relationships with one another, one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What was the mindset? It was humility. To not think that we're better than anybody else. These guys are both saying to be humble. It's the opposite of what people get from the world. That's what's going to show humanity the glory of God. So the second thing that I think that we we ha- can have in family is a confidence. It's tricky. Humility versus confidence. It takes a bit of wrestling. The message says it like this. So be content with who you are. Don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. Live carefree before God. He is most careful with you. Some of you need to hear that today. He is most careful with you. Remember when I said that Jesus was intentional about building his church with ordinary people? It said in Matthew 16, verse 17, Since you can tell me who I am, I will tell you who you are. This is what he says to Peter. This is in the message. And now I'm going to tell you who you are. You really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church. A church, listen to this, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. He was a fisherman. He caught fish for a living. And Jesus called him a rock. What a powerful moment that would have been. You know, it doesn't matter what you have been called in the past. Jesus speaks into our future and he declares over us. He declares over you. He says, you're just the person that I'm looking for. He says, I believe you've got what it takes to help build my house, the church. When God spoke to Peter, he revealed purpose for Peter. And when he speaks over you, he reveals purpose for you. If I were Peter, this would have been one of those words that I'd have gone and downloaded an app for where you can put, like, fancy text over awesome photography. (laughs) I'd have printed it out, 
It'd be like in multiple locations around the house, set it as my screensaver, my wallpaper, anything else I could. Rest in the fact that he cares about you. He doesn't ignore you or neglect you in preference for others. More than anyone else, he knows how valuable you are to this church. And there's a difference between putting your hand up, being intentional, and being pushy. Being pushy or self-promoting will generally put other people down along the way. Putting your hand up is willingness. So, initiate what you want to see but aren't seeing. Don't hide behind your personality. Be confident. Philippians 4 verse 5 says, Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side, working for them and not against them. Your personality is not an excuse. We would never be here today if I continued to use my personality as my excuse. I am naturally much more reserved, don't naturally want to be in the centre of attention, all of those sort of things. Even when we got married, I hated the idea. I've got to walk, well, like, is there another way we can do the walking down the aisle thing? Can I, like, just be at the front somehow and that's right. Well, turn up late. Yes, that too. Sneak in a side door, something like that. Yep. Okay, I did turn up late. Move on, Darren. It's been nearly 20 years. Um, (laughs) Don't use your parents. Don't use your upbringing as a reason to not to not be involved, to not be inclusive, to not be invested. So for example, if you want to feel involved, put your hand up. Involve yourself. If you want to be invited out for coffee, start inviting other people out for coffee. You want someone to drop a meal in when you're sick and feeling sorry for yourself? Make some meals for others. You want to enjoy a friendly church? Talk to someone different after the service. Oh my goodness, I know. But a church like home has a family that's intentional with purpose. Let's go back to 1 Peter 5. Verse 8 says this. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kinds of sufferings. See, the enemy is intentional. He's completely intentional. We can't afford not to be. He's active and intentional on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So being intentional about things has got purpose. It's a reason to get something done. It gives you a sense of resolve or determination about something. When you've got a reason or a why behind your intention, it's just a case of staying the course, of not getting complacent. I found this quote the other day says this, you've got to know what you want. 
This is central to acting on your intentions. When you know what you want, you realise that all there is left then is time management. You'll manage your time to achieve your goals because you clearly know what you're trying to achieve. So for some of you, you might actually go home today and over lunch be like, okay, so we maybe need to evaluate a little. What do we want? What's our purpose? How do we want to raise our family? If you look at an end goal, it's so much easier to get there instead of just wandering and ending up wherever. Say you want to go for a holiday in the Maldives. Looks very pleasant, I've got to say, very pleasant. Say you've got a plan that next Christmas, you're not going to be here in Newcastle. No way, we're not staying here. We're going to the Maldives. We're going to have hammocks that are across the water. We're going to be sipping cocktails. That's how we're going to celebrate. You might have pictures of the Maldives on your office wall, on your screensavers. You might follow Instagram posts that show you pictures to die for every day that you're going, man, I can't wait to be there. Next Christmas is it. But if you've got an intention to spend next Christmas in a hammock by the ocean, you've got to get up each day and go to work. You're not going to be able to save the money you need for your days in the sun if you don't. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> if you're complacent, if you take a month or two off to sit on the lounge and eat cereal, in August, come December, you're going to probably be doing the same thing. Not relaxing in a hammock, drinking cocktails out of coconuts. One of the practical things that I wanted for our kids was from before they were born, I had a plan for this, that I was going to raise children regardless of gender that could cook for themselves. By the time they moved out, they knew how to use a vacuum cleaner, they knew how to mop a floor, they knew how to wipe down a bench, still working on that. Um, They could put a load of washing on. They knew how to hang things up the right way because, you know, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. Um, so I had this plan and I wasn't sure how ambitious it was to make sure that by the time they hit year seven that they could cook a, at least cook a meal. Like, and I'm not talking a two-minute noodles meal. I'm talking they could cook real food or at least prepare real food and make good choices about dinner food except on Sunday nights when it's choose your own dinner and I don't care what you eat. So I now have one child in year, going into year nine next year, so in year eight, and two in year six that'll go into year seven next year. And I'm very happy to say that they all know how to use a washing machine. Hello. They all can vacuum. They have their own zone each week. They all can cook uh, to some level. Tom makes pretty much the best omelettes going around. Makes a better omelette, that's right, the tomlet they're called. <laughs> and he'll be like, who wants tomlets tonight? Yes, we're all like, yes, except for Josie who says, 
is there a way that we can do an omelette without egg? Because I hate egg. <laughs> no, we cannot do it. There is no such thing as an omelette without egg. We cannot skip the egg in this process. But if you think about, if you've ever cooked with kids in the kitchen, it is a bit of hard work sometimes. Now it's good because they're helpful and they can use a knife and they can chop and whatever else. They can prepare food. But when they were six, when they were seven, you know, I'm still in the process, on the journey with Josie, and it's hard work. It's so much slower and so much more messy and, ew, it's disgusting. I don't want to touch it. Okay, great. You know, so there's a whole... Whoops, that was bad timing. Um, <laughs> she's paying no attention because she's too busy talking. Um, but it's hard work when they're little and you're trying to... So I had to keep that end goal. With Josie, I've got to keep the end goal. The boys can do it. The boys can do it. I can actually have a night off cooking. If I've got, the, if I've got actually got things there, I can say, anybody want to cook dinner tonight? And sometimes I get, Meh. And other times we get these awesome yeah. burgers. Thomas and Jed make, like, special beetroot relish and everything. It's the best. I know. Awesome. Yeah, that's right. So think about this in terms of the church. We're living stones built together to show the glory of God. If you dream of coming to the house on Sunday morning and having meaningful relationships and support in difficult circumstances, you've got to give that too. When you invest some money, you invest with an intention behind it, an intention that it's going to grow over time, it's going to improve over time, and at a later date, there'll be something more to draw from. So we can sit back and say it's not my personality or I'm not that good at talking to people. So I'm not going to make any effort. But you won't have invested with people for there to be anything for you to draw from. Depth of relationship only comes from intentional investment. I want to give a shout out to anybody who's in the parents' room this morning. Oh, look, I'm going to try looking at the camera. I wonder if they can see. If they're, they're probably too busy talking. So, it's all good. This message version is going to appeal to those of you with young children. It says, keep a cool head, stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. Who doesn't love a good nap when you've got small children? Or really at any time. Um, it's hard work, hard work when you've got young kids and you're trying to get to church. So those of you who are out here in church anyway, good on you for making it in the door this morning because it's not that easy. Bringing kids to church with you sometimes requires a whole lot of intentionality, determination and strength. Some of our biggest, craziest carry-on mornings, meltdown mornings were Sunday mornings. It can feel like sometimes you come to church and you spent the whole time in the parents' room and it felt like a complete waste of time that you, you should have stayed in your pyjamas. 
Everybody, let's just stay in our pyjamas. That's too hard. I want to honour these guys that come with kids today. When your kids are young, it is very difficult. You have made a great choice for your family today. Building into your kids a love for the same things as Jesus loves. You can't expect to have kids who serve him and know him, that love him and are transformed by him if they don't see you doing the same. Being here is building what he loves, investing and being involved. If you wait until they're 18, that's 18 years wasted that you can't get back. The devil prowls around your kids like a roaring lion looking for one to devour. You have got to be intentional. Intentional with your actions and intentional with your conversations with them. Barna's study says that two out of three born-again Christians made that commitment to Christ before their 18th birthday. Wow. How are you going to be intentional with them? Anything of value requires intentionality. Relationships, intimacy slips away if you're not intentional about making time for each other. This is one that I know all too well. Weight gain occurs when you're not intentional about what you're eating, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Money is squandered if you're not intentional about its purpose. All of a sudden you're looking at your account going, oh, how did that happen? To be a church family that feels like home, we have to be intentional about being involved and inclusive and invested. The the word says the devil prowls around waiting for something to devour. He's intentional. He's not napping. He's not napping, even though we might want to. So we've got to be on our guard. Pastor Keith says this. Intentionality is not just an act of will, although it is an act of will. It's a state of the heart. Living intentionally means defining your values, making choices that reflect these values. It's about evaluating your goals, your values for your family, for yourself, and intentionally choosing activities that align with that, even when those activities take an effort on your part. Setting a course, living intentionally, on purpose, requires evaluation fairly regularly. Rather than wandering aimlessly, You'll get to choose time for the things that are truly important to get you where you want to be and you can get rid of the rest. Won't you stand, church? Why don't you close your eyes for a minute? The last verse in this section, verse 10, says, And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you've suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. And I believe that that's a word for some of you this morning. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.